Hey, what's up, guys? It is time for another episode of Reggie's Expressions. I took last week off. I know I said I was going to hit it hard, but, you know, um, y'all already know, and I've been talking about this a lot. I've been doing weddings. I hit number 17 on Saturday, um, and I, I can tell you, your boy is tired. I go on vacation here on cruise uh, next week, and I'm ready to go. I'm tired, but I, I wouldn't want it any other way. But uh, part of the reason I decided to go live today is obviously because of what happened with the uh, Migos member uh, takeover. Take off. So sorry. Take off. I do have Nick Big Red Parker from Hostile Therapy. The, uh, not the therapy that you need. No, no, no. The therapy. Not the therapy. No. Go ahead. This show. This show. What is it? Hostile <laughs> Therapy. Uh, not because you want it, but because you need it. That's, because that's you that. need it. See? <laughs> Messing it up. <laughs> I was trying, man. I was trying. Not the therapy uh, that you need to shoot up, but the one you need to inhale. <laughs> right. Exactly. You, you, you might saying. not like how it comes off, but at the end of the day, it'll be something that, you know, you're going to be like, you know what? I needed it just in that way. So um, <laughs> I appreciate you joining me today, man. Um, but, you know, obviously, Takeoff was 28 years old. Um, Kershnick, uh, Kari Bell. Or Ball was his name. He was from Georgia. He was a part of um, the Migos. He did Bad and Bougie a few years ago. And, uh, you know, he was basically a platinum uh, rapper at this point. And, you know, the unfortunate thing about it is we don't know a lot about what happened with him. Uh, all we know at this point is that it was about 2.30 in the morning. Uh, he was at a bowling um, billiard hall in uh, Houston, Texas. Shot was fired. Two people were shot and he ended up uh, dying from, uh, as a result of his wounds. And, um, you know, from what I saw with the reports, they've been very mum because of the investigation going on, you know, rightfully so, simply because they're just trying to get an understanding of what's happening. They don't want to put anything out there uh, just yet. But another circumstance that's involved is he's the seventh rapper this year that has passed away um, were killed by, you know, violence, uh, gun violence in some uh, sort. And it's just unfortunate. And I just want to go on the record and say that this is not a black problem. This is an American problem. Okay. Those guys are American. I mean, to say the least, violence happens everywhere. A lot of times when these conversations are being had, I think us as black folks kind of internalize those conversations and make it just to us and call it saying that we're our own worst enemy. When in reality, violence just goes across all uh, uh, race, creed, it don't matter, it happens. People die unnecessarily because that's what we do, you know, from the beginning of time, you know, um, you know, murder and, and, and killing and all that other stuff has been a part of the zeitgeist. So this ain't nothing new. Um, and I don't want the conversation to get started from this lens, but we, do want to try to dissect what we not theories on his murder per se but more or less what kind of person would do something like this in terms of killing someone i guess in a very general sense we're obviously not going to figure it all out in one sitting but i just wanted to have a conversation because i have grown tired of seeing this happen with rappers right or just folks in general gun violence and violence in general there it ends up in killing people i was listening to um the breakfast club yesterday and there was this girl who was eight months pregnant she stabbed her boyfriend because she wanted to uh, uh use the microwave first she stabbed and killed him like dead he gone she's eight months pregnant in jail 
you know? And part of that is because we, you know, we've become desensitized behind this stuff. But that's what we're here to discuss. Um, and that's kind of what I uh, think. But Nick, um, if you don't mind, Mr. Big Red, tell me a little bit about some of the things that you're thinking about this situation. Well, um, this is a multivariate of, I think, of why this keeps happening. Um, I, I'll bring up this example. Um, do you have a Dollar Tree down where you're at? Where you yeah. Okay. yeah. What, what's something you get from Dollar Tree? Mm. Uh, dish detergent. Dish detergent, okay. All right. All right, let's switch it up. Let's say a toy. Let's say you get a toy from Dollar Tree. You know? Okay. No, we, yeah. let's say you get a toy from Dollar Tree, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, it only costs a dollar. I think it's like a dollar fifty now. I think they went up. Yeah, prices. But you get that, then you go get a PlayStation Five, mm-hmm. right? PlayStation Five—they're hard to get nowadays, right? Yeah, cost a lot. What it cost? Four, five hundred dollars, maybe yep. more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would you cry most about if you got stolen? Uh, oh, that that PlayStation. PlayStation. Okay. Yep. So here's the point I'm coming to. You had more value placed in that PlayStation Five than you had in that Dollar um, Tree store, uh, Dollar Tree toy. Right. And this is where we're at with the culture, and this is where we're at with the value of life. We don't value life enough, which is why it's so easy to just take away. And I think the reason why. Um, Seven rappers, you say, I, I, I thought it was more than that. You said, we, we have seven rappers that get killed today so easily. And not just that, because this is the, one of the reactions I saw today, two reactions I saw today when um, Takeoff reportedly did, people were like, well, where's the footage? I want to see the footage. You know, well, how did it happen? You know, not like, oh man, um, how's this? It's, I don't know if he's married or not, or his kids doing nothing like that. People were like, oh man, uh, that means we're not going to hear new music. Someone said the other day, we're not going to hear new music from him. I'm like, so what value do we have on people like him? And it's obviously not that high. And I, I'll be honest about it. I'm almost there too, because it seems like it happens so much. And I kind of give a cavalier response. I'm like, hey, another one? And then I'm going on with the rest of my life. Why? Because it feels like there's no value put to them. You know, it's almost like, um, and you you, um, you put it um, succinctly in the beginning that, yeah, murder happens in different cultures. Like, hell, yeah, we can go to um, wrestlers. Seems like wrestlers are always dying left and right. In this case, um, it's in hip hop. Wrestlers seem to die because they just put their lives on the line and they just take hits unnecessarily and then they end up dying from steroids too, heart disease. And, Right, and, um, concussions and whatever just ends up ending their life early. And with this, our culture seems well, hip hop culture seems to celebrate the loss of life. I don't mean just you know these rappers that have died, but we celebrate songs that take away life. And not that it's never been that way. It was like that in the nineties. It was like that in the two thousands. But right now, it's oversaturated. Like, because people will talk about, you know, um, Cardi B and um, Megan Stallion and talk about, they, oh, there's too much sex on the radio. But there was sex on the radio before then. There was sex on the radio, two th- early 2000s and 90s. We had Little Kim, we had Foxy Brown. My problem is we're oversaturated with it now. It's like, that's all we see. And we're bombarded with it. So now it's not even shocking anymore. Right. Now it's just like, oh, okay, <laughs> on to the next one. But we now we're getting to where we're having so many deaths, not having a big deal anymore. So now value has been dropped down. And I think that's what it is now is that we don't have enough of the positive and the negative, you know, because, you know, we have movies that show violence, you know. But if Robert De Niro, if somebody would walk up to Robert De Niro right now and say, hey, you're, you're not this real gangster on TV, he would just shrug it off. It's like, that's a movie. But if we right. do that. In the hip hop culture, somebody be ready to fight because it's blurred. The lines of entertainment and reality have been blurred. So I, I think it's it's a, a culture issue right now, and mm-hmm. just don't value our lives enough. 
and, and I would say especially in the hip hop culture because it doesn't happen in R and B, doesn't happen in, in in country music and anything like that. You know, but it just seems to happen in, in rap culture, and I think it's because we're just oversaturated with it now. Because we had the '90s, and we had basically two people: we had Biggie and Tupac, and that's all people were talking about. Oh, Biggie and Tupac died. Remember that? Now, mm-hmm. I can't keep up with yeah. how many have died, and 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 some part is kind of the internet's problem too, because anybody can become famous now, which is another reason why you know superstars or stars are are watered down now because anyone can become a star. Right. Um, but also because anyone can become a star, uh, anyone can put up their own message. You don't get a specific person that puts out their narrative or their message. We got a lot of people who talk about killing or dying or whatever like that. So I, I, that's what I think mainly it is, is, is we've lost the value of life and we're just saturated with the wrong things. I don't think there's anything wrong with having that side of entertainment out there. Just mm-hmm. saturated. If you've ever movies with nothing but violence, I would say the same thing. But we got a healthy balance of everything. We don't have that in hip-hop right now. I agree. A lot of what you said I think is truthful. I'm just going to name a few like rappers that have passed away in the last two years, right? Um, three years, and um, let's see. I mean, some you may know, some you may not, but we got Feast, we got Kevin Frett, we have Nipsey Hussle, which was one of the biggest ones that kind of touched across the world. He was 33. Pop Smoke was only 20. We got uh, Houdini, 21. Huey, 31. King Von, uh, he was 26. That was November 6th of 2020. Mo uh, 3, November 11, 2020, he was 28. Inair, 19. Young Dolph, 36. Draco the Ruler, 28. Snooty Wild was this year, February 27th, he was 36. Archie Eversole, he was 37. Uh, Sidhu uh, Moose Walla, he was 28. Trouble, which is another one that I was familiar with, he was 34. Jada Young, uh, Jada Youngin, he was 24. P P and B Rock, 30 years old, and then take off today. So from February, that's seven people this year, seven rappers who were in the game rapping. A lot of 20 year olds. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of black men not meeting the age of 30. I mean, obviously, race is definitely a that's something we can't deny that that's a part of it's what we see but we can't minimize their role in what they've done in this culture because it ain't just black folks that buy their music it's worldwide so that's another reason why i feel like we can't dismiss this problem to just being a black on black crime which we know don't exist okay because there's no such thing as white on white crime if you turn on the id channel right now you can go and see a million people, white folks, killing folks, seven and eight and nine folks a day or whatever. It happens. So, you know, we're not going to even discuss the whole black on black crime thing that because it's it's a farce. It's not real. OK, but, you know, I think what you said is truthful in terms of being desensitized. And I think that is not only, you know, with death, I think it's with a lot of things. I think it's with sex. I think it's with you know you know as you stated human life how we view people you know um it's just amazing to me like as you said when it came to the video you the first thing that people probably went and looked up were the video of takeoff laying in his own blood you know what i'm saying when his family was being told that he you know was murdered because it wasn't until like six or seven o'clock this morning and I think that happened at two. Obviously, they wanted to take time to process and make sure they give the information out correctly before they put it out. But to know, like, like that—that that is a whole level of morbid, morbidness, of morbid that I've never—I've never seen that before, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just sickening to me to see how we consume that media in that way. 
I'm pretty sure you can go online, probably on YouTube, and find a, a, a screenshot of it right now oh, yeah. that that shows, you know, and it's just commentary about what happened. You know what I'm saying? But this young man, he he's somebody's son. He's somebody's friend. He's somebody's uncle, you know? And I think that people think that it's not real. They think that it's on TV, TMZ, and all this other stuff. It's not real until it's it's staring them in the face. So it's easy for somebody to go and share a video of somebody laying in their own blood because they're they're detached from it. But as we know, those things don't just happen and you know it actually leaves an invisible print on you. You're forever changed by seeing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the sad part about that is because we aren't, there are a lot of our young folks who aren't used to being able to offload that information in a positive way, they hold on to that. And it just becomes more of a burden for them to carry, to just to continue to fuel that negativity and negativity and just negativeness completely. And it shows up in ways where we're overly violent to something that is this small. Because from what I know is it was a, 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 a dice game. I don't think that he was a part of the shooting. It was something that happened like, the reports are very small, so it's not a lot of stuff. But from what I've heard, different reports and stuff like that, um, the 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 shooting happened because of a dice game, and it, it was a stray bullet. Now, I don't know how true that is. I don't know because again, some of the information it differs from uh, news uh, story you you pick from, and it's just basic stuff that we've known, which is the fact that take uh, take off and die. So. Um, what were your thoughts when you first heard about it? I know you said part of it was, okay, another one, you know, now I got to process this. What were some other things you were thinking? I mean, some of the things coming to mind, it's like, why are you, I mean, when you, you're going into a profession or in a career of any choice, you're going in there to be successful and to get away from what you grew up. You may you may live a good life, but you want to be able to, you know, be successful on your own, get away from your parents, whatever, or get away from per- poor circumstances that you grew up in. Mm-hmm. It's so ass backwards to me to where some of these people are they're going to be successful, but they want to stay where death is imminent, a crime is imminent. Why would you want to stay where you? You purposely went into a career to get away from. No one goes to college to go back yeah. to where you came from. You know, and, and people are taking pride. It's like, hey, I never left. I, I, you know, I'm the same person I was, you know, 20 years ago. That's mm-hmm. not something to be prideful of. That's that's dumb. I don't. Why do you want to be the same way you were when you were five or ten or twelve? I'm. I've changed four times over, and I'm 41. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to be the same person I was years ago. Everybody's supposed to evolve. Everyone's supposed to learn until the day you die. And these people are not even getting a chance to learn because they're dying so early. That's I think that's one of the major things that's getting on my nerves. It's like, why do you keep going into a situation that is high risk? You know, if you want to go to a high-risk job, go to the military, if that's the case. Go fight a war and get some benefits for that if you want to do it. Yeah, I I, I know firsthand, absolutely. Right. (laughs) Uh, You can get shot up over there, and then at least, you know, they'll leave you some benefits, you know, to your, you know, significant other or whatever, or, you know. But why? I don't don't understand what's the purpose of going and becoming a hip-hop artist at that caliber, because not saying all hip hop artists are like that, because you got you, know, you got your Commons and your Moscow and J. Cole and um, mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar, so, and they don't rap like about that. So there are some positive ones. So I don't want right. to say all of them are, are negative. But why go in a situation where you're going to put yourself in a, a violent space mm-hmm. where your life can be shortened? Get right. away from that. You don't, you know, it's, it's nothing real about dying early. Mm-hmm. That's true. Why do you want to? I don't understand. What's so real about your life at stake? You know what they call those people in another profession? Daredevils. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's exactly what it seems like we're doing. We're being daredevils. For what? 
<laughs> and actually, the only person that's actually shooting the footage is people with those phones. Right. I don't get it. Uh, it. It don't make any sense to me. That, you know, that's a very good point. You know, um, I think it kind of goes back to, you know, living by the sword, dying by it, you know, unfortunately. You know, and it, I don't know at what point it changed where people felt like it was like the idea behind I've never changed, I never left. That whole thought process that you want to maintain that level of accessibility. Like once you reach a level, like I remember, you know, you and I are, are, are the same age. I remember, you know, MC Hammer back in the day. Like he used to tour everywhere. You didn't know where he was. You didn't, you know what I'm saying? And when you right. saw him, there was that element of mystery about what he was doing, you know, when he's not on tour and when he's not on TV. You know what I'm saying? You know, they were more, you know, ambiguous when it came to the way that they lived before. And now with social media, you have these rappers you know, living out loud, showing what they have, you know, you know, showing their wares, if you will, and, you know, showing people that, you know, not only is uh, that, that what they have is accessible, is it can be taken from them too, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, man, it's just, it's at some point you do have to elevate and move on. Why would you want to stay in the same circumstances that you grind so hard to get out of? You have to, at some point, learn to move differently to stay out of harm's way. And I want to make sure that we're clear here. We are not at all victim blaming. At the end of the day, whoever killed him had no right to go and kill him. Regardless of how he went and what he was doing, that was not the answer. But at the end of the day, we have to acknowledge that that's part of the problem when it comes to these rappers um, and these particular instances where... You know, they have a they have a very hard time transitioning from the way things were to the way things are now. They should be rolling with security. They should be doing background picks. They should be making sure that the places that they have and that they're going to, you know, has been vetted. I mean, crime is going to happen no matter where we are. We know that, obviously. But it's more prominent in some of these places that a lot of these guys frequent. You know, a lot of these hip hop artists frequent um that makes it so much more difficult to police and then there's a level uh of the code in the street that you know um ain't no snitch yeah. so a lot of times you know these yeah. artists that, the that died off of that yeah you know they they die at the hands of these people and they never find like biggie and, and tupac as you mentioned earlier they still hadn't found their murderers you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah. I mean, they may have, and there's theories out there, and there every other year there's like a freaking new documentary about who did it and why and who knew what. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, too, it's like those, they're tragic because those stories continue to happen, and there's no change. It's the same story over and over again. So we got we to gotta learn to move a little bit differently to be able to do things different, Right? Right. I wanted to, I wanted to bring up a couple points mm -hmm. where I'm going to separate the blame a little bit and break it up into two points. Okay. Okay. Now, now we may we may create the culture. We may create the music that's you know talks about killing, no snitching, drugs, you know, berate women, whatever stuff like that. Okay. But. We're not the ones who run the record labels. We're not the mm -hmm. distributors and such and such. So they are the ones, you know, I want to say, well, white people, whoever, whoever owns these record labels are the ones who are distributing these type mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to be careful um, on your shows. So I'm not going to say what I, completely what I want to say, but they're okay with us talking negatively about ourselves mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of the other side. They are, we are free to say anything we want about ourselves. We can call ourselves the N-word. We can call mm -hmm. each other bitches and hoes. 
Uh, we can talk about Hot Girl Summer. We can talk about killing another person. And no one bats an eye. And mm-hmm. they are the one who are releasing this material. So I'll give that part of the blame. And I'll ask you a question in a minute. Um, what okay. percentage of blame you give for both? Uh, I give that blame to the dealer. This is how I'm going to distribute or dealer, however you want to put it. Okay. 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 Drug dealers are nothing without their product. Yeah. All right. If you don't have product, then drug dealers nothing. Yeah. The record labels, the record labels are the drug dealers. Mm-hmm. We are the product. So with mm-hmm. that being said, they can't sell anything if we don't offer the product. So that's why I'm trying to ask you which. Who do you think more of the blame is on? If we are a product and we don't show up and we say we're not going to do this music, they have nothing to release. Mm-hmm. They have nothing to distribute. Mm-hmm. So I ask you this question, who do you think is more to blame for that? The, the, the dealer or the product, which would be us, the culture? Right. So the dealer has, they have their gatekeepers of what we see and what we don't see. Right. You know, they they even though, you know, we are the product and we set the tone for what we consume. Ah, that's a good question, man. Or what they consume, because, you know, right. even, even though we are the culture, we're not majority who consumes hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. You know? I guess, we're, you know, I think part of it, it's hard to kind of separate the, you know, the, the blame between the two, because. Like percentages, you don't you don't have to like you know give one to the other. You, just, you know, put it right because even with that being said, even though that they're, they're it's still marketable, it's what we enjoy. I mean, yeah. look at what we consume. Look at what we you know what we even in conversations that we have that are behind closed doors, the way they're framed and how they're you know because so what they're doing is they're perpetuating the type of product that we've been ingrained to. So it's 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 like half uh, six and one half a dozen in another. You know what I'm saying? To me, um, I do. I do think that it is, and I also think that is the same to be said when it comes to you know social media and news. You know these stories like this, they they do. You know they get a lot of engagement. You know yeah. this was something that that Corey, who's not here right now, was was bringing up. So this isn't completely my point. Uh, my you know an independent thought of my own. But he said, you know, it's it's marketable. It's what people. It, it, it's what creates engagement. It yeah. evokes, evokes, you know, emotion because of how sad it is. And rightfully so. Like, I'm a part of that, too. I'm not going to, you know, because it definitely pulled in my heartstrings when I saw another Black man being killed. You know what I'm saying? And if we put that on its own, yeah, it's tragic, mm-hmm. you know? But there's other things that are in place that perpetuates these kind of things that continue to happen. Like you said, it's the it's the, the same story. Sex was here in the '90s. It was in the '70s. It was also here in the '60s. Yeah. They just did a very good job of packaging that shit up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the Pointer Sisters, you make my love go down. What were they talking about? You know? You know, but it, it was subliminal you know, back then. You know, it wasn't so you know, overt. Yeah, exactly. But the thing about it is, is like, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's kind of what I think in, in terms of both being the problem. You know, I, I can't separate the two um, because they're both. And I don't think it will, I hope at some point in my mind, in a utopia world, utopic world, that everything is peachy keen. There's no racism. There's no fucking, um, you know, sadness. Nobody's hungry. Uh, everybody, you know, uh, food is free. No one, you know what I'm saying? In my perfect world, that would exist. No one's killing, no one dies. You know, there's no no violence or none of that. But, you know, we're, we're seeing it every day uh, that, you know, unfortunately, I don't know if it will ever get to a world where we'll be able to exist without there being some type of violence like this happening. But, yeah, that's a good question, man. Uh, there's, I don't think you can. I don't think you can blame one more than the other but i think a lot of what we see is a reflection of what happens to us in the real world you know what i'm saying because a lot of those a lot of those guys are are coming from 
you know, uh, uh, some of the worst places in America, you know, and they're just trying to, to, to get a, to, to get a leg up, just like the, you know, the, the lottery right now is one point, what, $1.6 billion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants their piece of the American pie mm -hmm. and they're going to do their part and, 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 you know, trying to make it happen. And, you know, you can't blame those guys for doing that, you know, and doing what it takes to kind of make it, you know, to continue. But at the same time, too, if we want to make change, we have to be willing to change all of it and not some. Well, that, that's kind of why I asked the question, you know, is depending on what side, I guess you would say, plays the, the biggest part uh, at this problem. And, and me, I will lean more towards the product than the dealer. Okay. And, and, the, and the reason why I'll say that, and I'll add on to that, is, you know, we, we talk about that they will just play all the negative stereotypes on TV, you know, not just music, but on TV, period. Mm -hmm. And we, we've been saying this for, for years, for decades and such. And maybe it's just falling on deaf ears because as long as they're making money off of us, then- Yeah, they don't, that's true. So I, as I've been, I've been saying this for the past few weeks, if they're not hearing you and they're not gonna change, then what are you going to do? You, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. So it's going to fall back on us. So it's right. going to have to change, you know, because mm -hmm. if you keep asking somebody, I'm not saying they're racist in particular, but if you keep asking a racist to stop treating you with racism, it's probably going to fall on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. You had a job, let's just say. So either you do something where they get fired or you go to another job. But you're not going to be able to change that person. Right. Um, so there's got to be something where we got to hold ourselves accountable, I say, to where we're going to have to change it because they're not going to do it. Why would they? I mean, it's not in their best yeah. interest to do it. It's, it's not. Why would If they're making money off of it, it's not mm -hmm. in their best interest to change the, the mentality. It's true. It's That's in our point. best interest to change it because of what's keep happening, like what happened to Takeoff and other rappers that you named. Mm -hmm. No, man, I like how you put that shit together. That was that. You know, you brought that don't bang. You brought that bike. I like that. I don't know who said that, but you know, you can't change people. That's true. It, I mean, it's truthful. You can't change people. So why even waste your time trying? You know what I'm saying? So shout out to whoever that was. If you can put your name in the comment, I appreciate you. That's probably Carlos, to be honest. That's probably Carlos that said that. Be anonymous. <laughs> Yay, <Yeah>. love. <laughs> but um but yeah like I, I i agree with you 110 percent. you know looking at it in, in in that way we are the ones that have to change and request you know this this content oh stephanie hey stephanie how are you stephanie is a uh, notary uh buddy of mine <clears throat> notary buddy so shout out to her um but yeah i you know i i think you said it perfectly man um and you know my hope is that you know, I mean, there's so many things that, that are out here. I mean, one solution is not going to fix it all. That's, it's right, just, right. I'm good. I'm good. Steph. So multivariate. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm pretty good. I'm just trying to, you know, drudge along with what's going on in the, in the media and stuff like that. I, and to be honest, you know, Nick, I don't, or do you like to be called Mr. Big Red? Just kidding. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I don't really consume the news too much. I don't watch the news, especially local news. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, from, from time to time, I do find myself going down a rabbit hole when I go on uh, uh, Yahoo and I look at some of the, the uh, headlines. They're very, yeah. like, and, like, get you to click, and then you go find out, and it's, like, a completely different story, yeah, you know, that. from what's, what's on there. And even with that, like, I have to kind of, you know, monitor and taper myself from you know getting consumed and uh you know it's, it's difficult but you know news is also for the masses it's also marketable it's also it makes money too you know these you know networks like cnn and and uh you know fox they are bought and paid for with the money of these billionaires to push whatever agenda they see fit a lot of times and you have to really be willing to take out 
and take the time to dissect and, you know, critical think when it comes to these kind of stories, because a lot of times they will have a tendency to push you, you know, one way because of how heavily they lean on what they provide as facts in these cases, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, it's, it's human nature. I mean, yeah, I think you might have said that earlier, but yeah, where you know, if you see a car accident, most people, even though you're not supposed to look at the car accident, people are going to look because it's just that car was green and it was a girl that was in that car. It was yeah. like you're supposed to be watching your baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah they fine, but yeah, most time, know. most of the time, the traffic doesn't move slow because there's a car in the way. It moves slow because people are slowing down trying to see what's going on. <laughs> I live in Orlando. Have you ever been to Florida and there's a uh, car accident? Mm -hmm. Rubber necking all day. Yeah. All day. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, you know, all these uh, CNN and Fox News, all the things you named and this story that we're talking about now. It, it is human nature for people to want to see bad things because, you know, you rarely see anybody talking about uh, somebody doing something charitable being top news. Uh, on CNN or a newspaper. It's usually the bad things that grab people, but that's where people have to fight that inclination to do that and, yeah. and and give precedence to people who are actually doing things good. You know, like I said, I'm guilty of that, so I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm going to be a hypocrite. I've done that, and I mm -hmm. probably still do that. Mm -hmm. But those are things we have to fight. You know, there's a lot of things that uh, we're more inclined to do that we probably shouldn't do, but that's why we also have to find resolve to go against those things, you know, because, yeah, uh, some people have the tendency to overeat, uh, but you have to find a way to stop. And I wasn't calling you out. No, no. I know, but I, I do have a tendency to overeat. <laughs> but, but yeah, but it, everybody has a vice, you know, and then you have to, find something, a filter to help you fight those vices. Right. And that, you know, that's just part of life. And a vice here would be to consume this type of music, consume this type of culture, or be cavalier again with rappers or, or us just getting killed and just going on to the next story. Like it doesn't mean anything. Like there's no value to it. We have right. to have a filter for that vice. I'm like, okay, we're not going to continue, um, acting like uh, black people don't matter mm -hmm. uh, or acting like uh, our, our, the value of our lives is very low. We have to fight that vice. Everybody has one though. And this is just one of them that we need to find a way to go up against. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Stephanie said, I honestly do not watch the news or scroll through social media uh, too much. It's just too much for me. Since COVID and the murder of George Floyd, it feels like every time I open the TV, it's something horrible. It messes with your mentality. It does. I, oh, yeah. I, I agree 110%. Maybe what we were talking about earlier, where yeah. um, the oversaturation, and mm -hmm. it's not so much that we never had this type of music before. It's not that we haven't had sex on the radio before. It's just oversaturation. It's there all the time. Same right. thing with the news. The news, um, we're both old enough to remember, the news would come on, what, 5 o'clock and 11 o'clock? Yeah, that's it. There's this, and, and that's it. And that was it. You didn't see it no more. Yeah, and it, and, you know, you had to go to bed pretty soon because you know the Star Spangled Banner thing was gonna come on. TV <laughs> was gonna cut off, and that yeah, was TV it. would go off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, so you had a chance to reset and right. and see something else. But now it's 24 hours and several channels, and it's on your phone. Yeah, 24 seven. You, you can go Facebook ain't even a news station. Facebook is supposed to be a social media where people are keeping up with your friends. But mm -hmm. now people go there to get their news, whether true or not. That's true. <laughs> you That's can't true. get away from the news. So you are bombarded with negative images all the time. So shout out to Stephanie. Yeah, stay away from watching news 24-7 because, yeah, it does do something to your mentality. Yeah. Uh, social media, period. I think does It's just like... You're well. You you live in North Carolina, so you may get it too. But like the only time I really like get into the news is when I'm looking at like for example, Hurricane Ian ass came up through here. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I had to I had to know because you know living in Central Florida, it's coming through, man. I'm like, 
that's the only time I will literally watch the news whenever some shit like that gonna happen. And that that happens here in this. It don't matter where you are in Florida. You're going to be affected by this hurricane no matter where you're at. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, obviously we're not going to flesh that out. I want to ask you about something really quickly. Just, you know, a few thoughts because your homeboy is always in the fucking news about some bullshit. But what do oh, you think about Kanye West? Oh, God, that's a multi. <laughs> uh, buried on that conversation. Um. He and my screen then disappeared, so you can you can still see me. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, um, I can see. Kanye, I don't think he's completely wrong with everything, but mostly wrong. Let's just put it that way. Um, back to my point, I was saying earlier about, uh, and he mentioned that, and, and it's not like he, it's like he's he, he's trying to make a point. He just doesn't know how to say it. Um, he was talking about. At one point, how look at the top songs, I think he said on iTunes, and they were all pretty much negative, you know, when it comes to our music or whatever, and no one says anything. And as soon as he says something about someone else, I'm not going to say who, but as soon as he says something about somebody else, everybody came on him, they canceled him. You know, he lost a shoe deal. He lost uh, other people that were supporting him and other, you know, uh, venues that he would work under, clothing lines and stuff like that, music-wise, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they have a right. I, you know, I always say they have a right not to support him anymore. Here's the thing. Because uh, I, I hear people always complain about, like, well, they stick together. You know, they, they're canceling him and stuff like that. Okay. Why are we doing that? Nope. How come we don't do that? If they if it because we again we can't make them change. And they they of course they're not gonna care if we talk bad and we have bad images. Why would they care? It benefits them. They're making money off of it. So why aren't we doing that? You, you know, know. There's, there's been people that have um have said the n-word or whatever and then next thing you know jesse jackson or al sharpton is uh right beside him say okay well we i've talked with them so we should forgive them and you know they can continue their career mm-hmm. but if that happened on the other end they wouldn't go they would be canceled they wouldn't have a job they wouldn't have a career mm-hmm. uh, so why aren't we doing that why aren't we that strong we come together that anytime somebody comes up against us they're canceled and they're never working the business again. Mm-hmm. I say copy them. I think you that um, beat them, join them. I I think sure, I, and I I can understand where you're coming from, but it, obviously what you're talking about is anti-black anti-black uh, rhetoric, right? right. And I want to I want to say this really quickly because I know it was a horrible transition that I did, and I I don't want you guys to think that I'm not you know, uh, sympathetic to this gentleman dying. But, you know, I, I hope that at this point he rests in peace. Um, condolences to his family, his friends, and people who are affected by his loss and just the, you know, hip-hop community in general. I do want to make sure that I say that and also let you guys know that, um, you know, it, it really did kind of affect me from, you know, even though I didn't really follow what he was doing, you know, it's still sad just nonetheless. So I wanted to take some time to wrap that up because it was a horrible transition for the sake of just moving the conversation along. So I apologize for that. But what we're talking about, just to, you know, answer your question, uh, what you weren't asking a question, but just to piggyback off what you're saying, um, it is anti-Black rhetoric. And there is some truth to be said about, you know, how these things can happen and it not be a problem when it happens on one end and not the other. But that goes back to what you said in terms of the powers that be, the gatekeepers who are in charge, right? A lot of them, a lot of them don't identify with being black. But at the same, at the core of it all, we can't deny what Kanye West has said about black folks having put us in more in harm's harm's way. Just him being who he is, and how people hold on to his every word. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that we have to also understand that even though he may think that he has a point, and I, I say that because I don't, 
I don't agree with him at all in the way in which he's trying to go about whatever his bigger plan is or what people say that his bigger plan is. It doesn't change the (laughs) I don't know. You know, it doesn't change the fact that he's hurt people. And just because of your plan being this bigger plan to just show, hey, look what happens when I say these things about these people in this outrage and I say something about black folks and nothing happens. Okay, that's something we've always known. That ain't nothing new. That's always been happening. You know what I'm saying? That ain't nothing that is different from what's happened. So it's not anything that's like new to the table. What is new is the fact that you... Huh? What's the solution? Right. Yeah, you're telling us the problem. We know what's the solution. Right. The nuance is that all the things that you rapped about when it was status quo to be black, pro black, you know, talking about he gonna leave your ass for a white girl, you've done all those things. You know, Mm -hmm. how how do we reconcile that? It starts more. It starts with just saying I'm sorry. You can say I'm sorry until you blew in the face. Ha 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 blue. Um, you can say I'm sorry until you blew in the face, but that doesn't change the harm that people have gone through based on the rhetoric that you've done. It's just like, for example, with the the the, the lady who uh falsely accused Emmett Till killing, you know. Killing, she can go back and say, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said what I said, but they ain't gonna bring that's not gonna bring him back. That's not gonna, you know, overlook all the years of hatred that has happened at the hands of what she said about this young boy who didn't do any of what she stated that he did. So what has to happen, you know, with Kanye, is he needs to go away. For a long time, <laughs> you know, and then do the actual work, not for us to be able to see what he's doing, but for him to learn what he need to learn. Mm-hmm. And then come back with changed behavior and say, hey, I fucked up. I've been gone for this long. I've had people around me that have made me see the right way. And I've done some, you know, soul searching and digging to make this right. And I'm sorry. Not, I'm sorry. Look at what they've been doing to us. I know that ain't nothing new. But hey, it's new because I'm saying something. And I was just trying to prove to y'all. Y'all just have to wait and hold on. It's like, well, get out of here. What's, it's like what you said. What's your solution? What are we doing differently now? The best Other than the fact that we, we're here. The best apology is action. Yeah, action. do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, say you're sorry and be sorry. And be sorry over there. Off of Twitter. Off of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Off of Parlor. Why the fuck are you going to buy a Parlor? Like, why? We already know what that is. Uh, well, see, uh, I, I, again, I don't know what his plan is because... You know what? Everybody on Facebook has made the plan for him because everybody was like, well, he did it on purpose so he could get out of these contracts. But he left Adidas to go to Sketches owned by Jewish people. What, you the, know, what sense does that make? It don't make sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. None. And the fact that we got people who are out here that are blindly leading, uh, who are blindly running for, for this man, that should that's the problem. He's trying to run for president. That's, that's the problem. 2026. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Lord, please. But you know what? No one said anything. No one batted eye when he said uh <clears throat> slavery was a choice. But you know, black folks were saying things. It's just that they were not enough. Listening. Yeah. They weren't listening because what happens is it's like what you said, we don't own this. Hmm. They're gatekeepers who will make it their business to make sure that we don't get heard in that way. Because I know I was talking loud as shit. Yeah. But wasn't nobody asking me what I was thinking because it was too radical at that time. We, you know we what I'm could, saying? We could be gatekeepers. But we just don't come together enough for it because um, an example of someone 
he's not a total gatekeeper, but it's a start. Tyler Perry with his own movie studios, that's a huge start. Yeah. A lot more people could do that if they would come together and pool their money together to have their own record labels slash distribution, um, their own movie studios and such and such. We could become the gatekeepers. We don't have enough people to do it, to come together. We have enough people to do it, not enough people to come together. You Everybody know, wants to work, do solo and be their own people. You know, right. And I, I agree with you. If you look at it, I mean, look, 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 ahead, look, look. I'm sorry. Let me throw out one more point. Um, I was, I was going to answer her question real quick. Okay, and I think okay. I answered this with, so you asked, why didn't the sponsors leave him when he said slavery was a choice? Because of anti-black rhetoric. That's why. That's It, 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 didn't, didn't, it didn't hurt it didn't them. The masses, the way that uh, uh, Jewish people and some of the things, the anti-Semitic things. So, and that's just, like I said, that's nothing new. That's always been happening. You know what I'm saying? That's not adding anything to the equation or moving the story. Exactly. It's just answering what we've already known. So, but go ahead, uh, it, Mr. Big It doesn't Ray. hurt. It doesn't hurt them. Um, okay, now I'm trying to remember what I was about to say. Damn, I forgot what I was about to say. I lost my, I lost my train of thought. I had uh, a point I was about to make. I can't remember now. It'll come back to me. Um. But at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 that this is the game that's always been played about around black folks. And, you know, the, the sad part about it is, you know, the way I try to break down when it comes to um, it didn't hurt the company's pockets. Yeah, it's true. It didn't it didn't hurt their pockets. And it also didn't you know, it wasn't it wasn't a thing um, because, you know, I, we because we say things like we, you know, we can't get it all together and come, you know, black people are not a monolith. You know what I'm saying? We're not all the same. So, unfortunately, and, I, you know, I don't see, well, maybe there is a little bit of that when it comes to Asian and other races out there where there is a, a, a sense of camaraderie when it comes to them. But we have to also understand that uh, Black folks, we were brave about this country. This hatred, this self-hate, and this self, all these things that were taught to us in terms of being Black came from the victors. It came from the people who wanted to mar the story for what black meant you know for so long and i tell this story we came over here as slaves and then after that in 1865 after texas decided that they was gonna get right <laughs> they they released us mm -hmm. at this point we're so far behind and then this little uh law came into play called jim crow so you know they couldn't just do whatever the hell they wanted to do with us with slaves now the law on their side to be able to treat us like shit and you know have colored only and white only and all this other stuff and then in 1965 or i think it was 1965 jim crow laws ended and then it was like all right black folks going on you go out there and do what you're supposed to do yes we're not going to correct all these 400 years of slavery we're not going to correct all that we just going to let y'all go out there and do what you're going to do and then what we're going to do on top of that is we're going to create redlining to where we're going to devalue your neighborhood because y'all black and, you know, uphold the value in the white neighborhood. And matter of fact, we're going to appreciate it 10, 15 times. You know, we got four or five, you know, generations of wealth that have been pushed down as opposed to black folks at 1965 being, um, you know, being allowed to be able to just exist and not get killed, you know, uh, uh, for sport anymore. And then the 60s happened, uh, the remaining of the 60s, and then the 70s, and then the 80s, and then we got the crack epidemic. And we got all these things that have helped, that have kept us back from being able to move forward. And now we're trying to fix the picture of brokenness when it's in a million pieces now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to take a lot for us to put that puzzle piece together where it, what it takes, what it, where it starts is reparations and making that level playing field even. Yeah. And then we can go from there in terms of fixing the other things, at least in my mind. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, we probably never will get that reparations. 
Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm being optimistic when I say that, but you know, it, it won't be in you and I's lifetime. I mean, at this point, it's so sad. I had this conversation with my friend uh, Sam. He was like, we were talking about something, and it was dipped in like uh, uh, racism. It was like, damn, man, we are at that age now where we realize that it's not going to change in our lifetime. You know, no matter what we do, how we do it, it's not going to change in our lifetime. That's the sad part about it. Um. Yep, and you're right, uh, uh, Free. We need to vote, and if all voted, we will be able to do more with us. That's true. But we have too many people out there that vote against their own interests. You know, too many people voting Republican when they know damn well they should be Democrats. So, but that's a whole other story. So with that being said, y'all, that's all I got, because Mr. Nick got things to do, and I got things to do, too. But I appreciate each and every one of you guys hanging out with us. Um, but before I get up out of here, Mr. Nick, do you want to, do you have anything else you want to say real quick or not real quick? Uh, no, just, um, you know, um, just getting ready for uh, Thursday and be able to do the show, probably talk about this as well too, but, um, just everybody out there, just, you know, know what your value is, you know, that's, that's the issue with, for most of them. Um, our people is we don't know our value. And even Kanye West, the person who was once, I think he's lost that status now, he was the richest black guy in America. He might have been the richest black guy in the world, but your value is not in your money. It's not in your monetary means. It's yourself. It's your spirit. It's your soul. Um, it's your family. Uh, it's the things you can actually touch and hug and love on, not your money. And I think that's where we're at a deficit at right now. Is that we are putting our value into monetary things, um, things that we could buy. Right. That's not where your value lies in. And once we realize it's not that, then things will change for us for the better. I agree. And I'm going to tell everybody out there, I'm a big proponent for therapy. You know what I'm saying? And some of y'all need hostile therapy. Make sure you go check them out Thursdays at what time? Uh, 7 p.m. 7, 7 p.m. And that's on uh, YouTube. You can also get it on Facebook as well. Okay. It ain't the therapy you want. It's the therapy you need. <laughs> Did I get it right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> pretty much. Okay. We're we going to work on it. He gonna, yeah, you should have texted me that. Um, but I appreciate uh, each and every one of you guys. And Nick you have an open invitation every time you come on here um, and every time you've extended the uh, invitation to your show, it's always been a pleasure. And I love and appreciate all of what you have to bring to the table. Um, and I thank you for your uh, words of wisdom, you know, in terms of how you see things. I think that you put me up on game on some stuff out there that I wouldn't have thought of otherwise. And that's why I like to have these conversations, but um, go to therapy, you know, work on you. You know, before y'all go out here and start having relationships with other people, work on you first and then try to have those relationships because two broken people are just going to continue to break each other. And we don't need that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If we want to uplift just people in general, we have to work on that firstly. OK, secondly, thank you for all of the support. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Eternal Unions is going really well. I, again, like I said, hit number 17 when it came to my weddings. I thank you guys for all of your support. Central Florida Notary, Stephanie is one of them. Thank you guys uh, as well. And this, is a, this ain't no uh, uh, Oscar um, uh, uh, speech. I'm just going to go ahead and say good night. And I appreciate all of y'all. Have fun. You can find me at Reggie's Expressions, R-E-G-G-E-E apostrophe S, Expressions on Facebook and YouTube. And you can find me at R-E-G-G-E-E. -E underscore uh, s underscore expressions on instagram all right you guys have a good rest of your night and i'll talk to you later bye have a good night y'all thanks
Reggie's Expressions is brought to you by Soko Garn Productions, LLC.